Hello and welcome back to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. We're looking today at Matthew 26 verses 17 to 30 and the title of this episode is God's Promise. We begin with a word of prayer. Lord, as we reflect on this theme of your promises to us, we recognise from your word that when just two or three are gathered together in your name, you, Lord Jesus, will be there with them by the power of the Holy Spirit, right in the middle of them. We recognise that there are a number of people who will be listening to this podcast today. And so even if we're on our own, we can feel that we are part of a community. But Lord, thank you that even though we may feel isolated, you are with us by the Holy Spirit. As we draw near to you now, draw near to us also, that we might know your presence and hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Matthew 26, beginning at verse 17. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
Well, I'm recording this on Friday the 6th of November and two days ago I was married. We brought our service forward to beat the lockdown and these podcast recordings are some of the last things I'll do before a short honeymoon here in Leeds. It was a hugely special moment for me and it's hard to believe that it's happened. I pinch myself. Am I really married? But I have the wedding ring on my finger to remind me. I'm looking at it now, bright and shiny and new. How does this relate to our reading and to the promises of God? Well, if we've trusted in Jesus, we have been saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus, the glorious gospel of our Lord. When I was at university in nonconformist Wales, there was a hymn written by a nonconformist minister in Cardiff, Great is the Gospel of Our Glorious God. We used to sing this often, and the line is so true. We have a, a great gospel, the gospel is glorious, our God is glorious. Just some of the facets of this gospel. We have new life, new purpose, free and full forgiveness, sure and certain hope. But how do we know it's true? This is the point. Sometimes we pinch ourselves, don't we? It's so wonderful, it's so special, it's so precious. Is it really true? Is it really for me? How can we know? Wonderfully, there are a myriad of ways to answer that question positively or that set of questions. And we can know because God has promised us. That is part of it. John three sixteen, one of the most famous verses, one of the most famous promises, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That is a wonderful, wonderful promise of God. And so we trust in the bare promises of his word and so we know that it's true. But sometimes also it's helpful to have a physical symbol that reminds us. So I have my wedding ring, it's on my finger. If I doubt whether I'm married, if I doubt whether Cheryl loves me, I can look down at my hand, I can look at the ring and I don't just have a promise but I have a physical symbol, a physical sign of that promise. Yes, I really am loved. Yes, I really am married. And Jesus gives us this in communion. Here's the thing, here's the point. That in communion we have God's promise of his love to us and accompanying the promise we have visible, tangible signs. It's not just see and touch, but we can taste and we can take it in. Spoken before in these reflections about communion as a means of grace and one of the best definitions of a means of grace is a physical sign of an inward reality. In bread and wine, we have physical signs of an inward reality. 
that we have been made clean by the death of Jesus for us, that we really belong to our Lord. And look at who this physical sign is given to. Look at who the promise is given to, this ragtag bunch of disciples, the original dirty dozen. He says to them, verse 26, take and eat, this is my body. He says to them, drink from it, all of you, it's for you. And so in communion, we have a promise that we are truly loved by God. And accompanying that promise, like the way the wedding ring accompanies marriage, we have a sign, a symbol, something physical, something that shows us, something that reminds us of the truth and power of his amazing gospel love. Going to pause for prayer now and just to give a a takeaway from this reflection and to encourage you next time you take communion, maybe by Zoom, as you take the bread and the wine, to give thanks to God that he loves you. He has promised it and he has given you a wonderful physical sign, a symbol, the bread and the wine together, a guarantee of his amazing love. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your great and wonderful love is for us. Thank you that whatever our situation in life, whether we are widowed, married, single, whether we are divorced, whether we're old, whether we're young, whatever our family situation, Lord, we can know this for sure, that you love us, that your son, the Lord Jesus, died for us, that he gave his life, that we might be free. Yes, Lord, sometimes we pinch ourselves, sometimes we doubt, sometimes we wonder, does God really love me in this way? Is it really true that he cares for me? Thank you for the promises of your word that reassure us, that tumble out page after page. And thank you for communion. Thank you for the Lord's Supper where there's not only a wonderful promise, but there are physical signs that go alongside. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for the wine. Thank you that they are like a wedding ring to us, guaranteeing your amazing love. And so today we simply sit and receive, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.